Awesome. Woo. Good morning. My name is uh, Cody Hensley. I'm the student pastor here at uh, Hilton Head Island Community Church. So once you all say welcome. How y'all doing? All right. There are some people's alive. Some take a little, little longer. That's okay. I expect that first service. Um, I'm just joking. Everybody's like, oh, man, first service people, they're so quiet. I said, no, they're attentive. That's, <laughs> you can take that home with you. It's free, free of charge right there. <laughs> uh, so if you, were, you saw me last week, I was all nice and dressed, mostly because my wife uh, dressed me last week. Um, I uh, chose to be relaxed this morning because last night I was at an event called uh, Ethos um, over the bridge at Bluffton High School. And um, we did, had, a, had an event called uh, Ethos, but it was through Fellowship Christian Athletes. It was really cool because um, we had all these students come to Bluffton High School. There's about 250 to 300 students. Um, they all got to hear the gospel. And 60 students last night gave their lives to Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. Uh, three of those students were three of our middle school students. And, it, you know, there's a couple things that makes makes me wake up and do youth ministry, and that's seeing students commit their lives to Jesus Christ. And so it was, it was amazing. Uh, about 100 students recommitted their lives. So there were more people, more students in the hallways, us talking to Jesus to them, than there were students playing blacklight dodgeball. So if you're wondering if students here are wonder about the gospel, that proves that they're more interested about Jesus than the things of this world. So if you lost all hope, then you are sadly mistaken. Watch out. They're coming, and they're going to take over. Amen. Yes. Whew. All right. So last week, I spoke about uh, generosity. Uh, how's that been going, by the way? That well. Okay. Yeah, I, I had to remind myself, like, oh, I need to be generous to my wife. So I cooked for her. And, yeah, oh, it, it was spaghetti. So really, not that all about that one. Um, but generous, and I, I left you guys with this, that generous, generosity, you can be generous because Jesus was generous towards us at the cross. And so, therefore, we can be generous because God was generous to us and sent his son. This, this week, we're going to speak about time. Uh, we call it tick-tick. I know, kind of catchy, right? The thing about time is that we're always wondering what time it is, right? In fact, some of you out there are wondering when I'm going to end so that you can go to lunch or brunch, whatever you, 9.30 people do. Um, I'm just now waking up, so... It would be more of a snack. But yeah, you're wondering, where's, when's Cody on end? Because I want to go somewhere. I have a, I have a schedule. We have to be done. Uh, this Christmas, my wife got me a watch. And I got her one too. Because we're the couple that always shows up late. And it's not because we're trying to be cool. You know, it's like, oh, the cool people show up late. No, it's more because we're just really going to hang out in the apartment and forget what time it is. And I know... My phone may have the time, but there's something about reaching in your pocket and pulling out and be like, eh, like that's just, for this, it's just, I could just flip a wrist. And so we got tired of being the late ones and our friends cracking on us. So we got watches, which were still late. So that, that's another, 
thing about that one. In fact, I'm so worried about time. On my computer, I have a setting that it speaks out loud what time it is. Kind of freaks people out because it's in a, it's in a British accent. Um, I will be in meetings maybe with Todd, and he'll hear this British woman, it's 12 o'clock. And he'll look at me weird. I was like, did you just say something? And I just play along like, no. What are you talking? You're hearing things. Um, a little treat for me. You can speak to him in a British accent today and see how he reacts. But for us, it's so hard to be conscious of time sometimes. In fact, if we're not conscious of our time, the kids are left at practice, aren't they? Or the house may burn down because we forgot the oven was on. Not saying that I've done that yet. It's coming, I'm sure of. So what I would love for you guys to do is in the next 30 minutes, I want you guys to remove your watches. That's right. Yeah, I, yeah I'll point you out. I do like my students. Yeah, watches. If you use your iPad or cell phone, I want to ask you to turn it off. I can see the glow. Um, so if you want to try to be sly, do this. Guys, I work with students. <laughs> you can't hide that from me, y'all. All right, so move away your watches. And I want you guys to trust me with your time. So the next few minutes, we're just going to kind of go over the topic of time. And time is unique because it's the one thing you can't get more of. I'll say that again. You can't get more time. You can get more money. You can even get more kids if you want. You can get more cars. But time, in reality, we can't get more of. And we all we kind of get that. Like, yeah, you're right. I can't buy more time. Uh, in a recent poll done by the CDC, they said the life expectancy for um, this generation or the generation to come is 70, 79 years. I've done a little calculations. That means that's 948 months, which is 3,792 weeks, which then is 26,544 days, which then is 337,056 hours, which then is 38 million minutes, which then is 2 billion seconds. Well, if you're 30 years old, I did a rough sketch, so... Forgive me, fact, I'm not 30 yet, or like, oh, I'm way over 30. Forgive me. That means you've been on earth for 360 months. Well, if you minus the 948 months to the 360, you get 588 months left. Kind of depressing, isn't it? If you're older than 30, you're kind of like, oh, man, yeah, that's a little, I got less time on that. And I know it's kind of weird to think about counting or numbering days, but my wife is a math teacher, and so I thought I would make her proud and do a little math for you. She actually checked it, um, and I did get it wrong the first time. It was hilarious. She was like, you messed up here. I'm like, oh, whatever. Yeah, I can't add, can I? Hmm, huh. all right. Humbling, that was. And, but this numbering of days is not a foreign concept to a man who wrote probably the one of the most influential books of wisdom in the Bible called Psalms. In fact, you may know this man. His name was Moses. Yes, the guy with the staff in the Red Sea. He actually wrote 
a psalm. And in this psalm, he was kind of reflecting the humanity of life. And it was during the Exodus period where he was guiding the Israelites to the promised land. And 40 years in the wilderness, he kind of observed people, kind of observed himself, and he wrote this psalm. And this psalm reflects his concern about how short life is and how suffering and sin is part of our life that causes this to be so short. But he doesn't end on the Debbie Downer side. He actually encourages us. And so if you have your Bibles, I would love for you all to turn to Psalms 90. And we're going to read that aloud. And again, if you use your iPad or iPhone, don't worry. We'll have the scriptures up on the screen so you can't cheat. Yep. All righty. Psalms 90. We're going to read verses 1 through 6 and then verse 12. Um, if you guys, I want to do something here. Let's uh, all stand up as we read God's word to this morning. Kind of give him honor and glory and wake you guys up. Or me, mostly. All right, read together. Psalms 90, verse 1. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth or in the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight, but are yesterdays when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. And he ends this with, so teach us to number our days, that we may get a heart of wisdom. Amen. I'm going to pray. Father, thank you so much for um, your word. Thank you so much for speaking through Moses this morning as we talk about how should we then think of time? How then should we spend time? And pray these things in your gracious and mighty name. Amen. All right, y'all can be seated. Thank you. Switch things up. Don't worry. Todd's next week, and you guys can go back to the routine, uh, if you're wondering. He's like, oh, gosh, please, Todd. Uh, the, the one thing I think that Moses is trying to communicate to us this morning is point one, if you guys have in your worship guide, I believe that Moses is saying that God is in control of our time. And I see that in verses one and two, where he says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. It's pretty cool how he kind of sets up God here. He existed before everlasting, which means he was before time. Then Moses says, to everlasting which means then, therefore, he'll be there after time. And time, then, therefore, goes to the future, which means God is eternal. Then, if God is eternal, 
That means he has no beginning nor end. And God's eternality for us is freeing because he knows how our story ends. Students, God was here before your grandparents, which means he was also here before the dinosaurs, which you think your grandparents rode. False. It's more like a Volkswagen Beetle. Maybe similar. But God, eternal, is important this morning because God is communicating through his word how then should we respond with him being eternal. Something I think we all should take away home is that God is in control with our time. And I see this because as I look about Moses speaking about creation, you know, God created the earth in how many days? 20? Seven. Is it seven? <laughs> no trick, right? Six days. So if we take that statement right there, God created in six days, then God has something special about time. If he himself segmented, uh, segued days in 24-hour period to do something, time then therefore is very important to God. And then he rested on the seventh. So God and his eternality and his creation of time says a lot about our responsibility then for time. In fact, the infinite past to the infinite future, God is L. Uh, when you see Lord or God in Scripture, and especially in the Hebrew text, uh, L is a name for him, capital E, little L. And L means sovereign, God of sovereign power, which means creation, sovereign creator. The verb for, formed in verse 2 conveys that the image of God, of him giving birth to the earth, in the world is the evidence of his creative power. And a sentence that can basically break down point one is this, being wholehearted recognizes that time isn't ours. We didn't create this place. It wasn't created for just single us, but for all of us. His fingerprints is everywhere. It's funny, I don't know, about you guys, but when I was little, my brothers and I, how we would mark our kind of territory, um, we would lick or spit on things. I know it's really gross, and girls, you're like, that's so guys, and it is, um, and we may have learned it from our dogs. I don't know where we got it from, but what we would do is like, I want that pop, so we would, ah, yeah, you don't drink it now, would you? or our chair, whatever we want to mark as our territory, we would do it. And it was funny to them because I hated drinking or eating after people. So can you imagine what Halloween was like for me? Yeah, they would look at my bag, yeah. <laughs> you don't want it now, do you? Yeah, you're funny. But the spitting thing, I never really got. Because they would do like a loogie and put it in the drink. I always thought that they lost on that one. Because I'm like, dude, you just drank a loogie, and that's, that's really crazy. And yeah, sure, claim it. That's fine. I'll go get another one and let you enjoy that loogie drink of yours. 
This ended by me doing weird combinations, though. I started putting pickle juice and Gatorade. There's a reason for that. We can talk about that later. Um, but also those fireballs. Remember those little cinnamon fireballs? I put that in Sprite um, just to try to get them away from my stuff. But God has put his mark on this universe. In fact, he did it so much that he calls us image bearers. In Genesis, I shall make them in our image. Something that I kind of have to remind myself every day is that I am an image bearer of God. So if God, if time is important to God and then he created me in his image, that means God gives us time because we're his image bearers. And something that I know I had to take away from this, time is given, not entitled. I'll say that again. Time is given, not entitled. You're not entitled to more time. You're given time. And some of you guys may have recognized that because your days to you may have been maybe numbered faster than most in here. And you're realizing, I don't have much time left. And then now you're realizing, I should probably cherish this. Because time is given. Not entitled. The day you think you deserve more time, watch out. God humbles in mysterious ways. Number two, the, one, the second thing I think God is speaking through Moses in his psalm is that our existence here on earth is brief. And I get that from Psalms um, 90, verses 3 through 6. He says, You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight, or but as yesterday's when it passed, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning, and in the morning it flourishes and is renewed in the evening it fades and withers. Maybe you guys have heard of a band called Chicago. I don't know. Students, I know you probably haven't, but Chicago was a band, um, not only a city. They came up with a song, and it was called, uh, Does Anybody Really Know What Time It Is? Um, last week I sang, and nobody liked it, so I'm not going to sing this one. I'm just going to read a couple lyrics. Uh, he starts out as, As I was walking down, if you know it, by all means you can sing. As I was walking down the street one day, a man came up to me and asked, asked me what time that was on my watch. And I said, does anybody know or does anybody really know what time it is? Does anybody really care? If so, I can't imagine why. We've got time enough to cry. We all have a destiny, y'all. We're going back to the ground we all came from. Hopefully, one of you all will get buried with your butt sticking up so I can park my bike. That'd be great. <laughs> because when we get down to it, life is frail. It's fragile. So fragile. In fact, it's so fragile that he compares our life to dust. Dust gets swept away by the, sin that is the smallest breath. And that's how he compares our life 
as dust. In fact, he also compares it to a watch in the night. A watch in the night at that time, what he's talking about, lasted four hours. Your life is compared to four hours of existence. Then a brief flood after a shower that soon dries up. You are a flash flood. Then he also compares our days are like a dream. You're a catnap. The grass that suddenly shoots up, but before the evening comes will be cut down. Our lives are like the summer grass with dew in the morning, and then when the dew's all gone and there's no rain, it weathers up. And some of you may be thinking, okay, you know what? That's why I live hard. That's why I live the rough life, because I don't get one chance. Might as well do it big or go home, right? Or maybe you're like, hey, okay, that's fine, great. We're all going back to the same place. That's awesome. Why does it even matter? It matters because we only get a few moments with people. I don't know about you, but I would rather cherish moments than live in a life of regrets. And if I want to cherish moments, I therefore have to be aware of when moments happen. Which brings me to my sentence for this um, second point would be this. Being wholehearted means having awareness of our time. Our days, our days evolve around a 24-hour period, which causes being attentive to your time. I don't know about you, but 24 hours sometimes doesn't seem like enough. When I think about my relationship with God, when I think about my relationship with my wife, my work, uh, I, I'm still in seminary trying to finish that up, the, the church a small group, they are all consuming my time. In fact, the truth is, there's a truth statement on the worship guide I think you guys should take to heart. It's something I've taken to heart, is this. Everyone cheats in certain areas of life. The area of, area of life in which you cheat indicates what is most important to you. What you miss out on says what is most important to you. If you focus your time on work, then you have to cheat in the area of life, God, family, health. In fact, some of you have already suffered the consequences of cheating in the area of life, haven't you? Health isn't what it used to be, is it? When I was a personal trainer uh, in Ohio, I used to have 50-year-old man came up to me, well, back in high school, I used to bitch 300 pounds. I'm like, yeah, that's high school and 200 pounds later. That, huh. When you neglect your exercise and health, there's, there's only one thing that can't happen. Heart can't handle that. Maybe, maybe it's not your health. Maybe it's your family. Question, parents, have you ever really asked your kids whether they'd rather have stuff or your presence? That presence, presence, being there. Better yet, stuff or being attentive to who they are. Maybe ask them about stuff or how they feel loved. Being aware of the time that you have with your child is what I think is 
Very important. And with me, family is not the area of life where I want to cheat in. Yeah, you're right. Maddie and I, we, we live in a one-bedroom apartment. We drive 10-year-old cars. We don't have the best vacations. I don't plan to because I'd rather cherish moments with Maddie rather than make my life about work, money. Because I know that in Matthew 6 where God says he will give you the things that you need. What you neglect the most says most about you. And to me, besides my relationship with God, Maddie is the most important thing to me. And do I get that right all the time? No, because I am a sinner. And she can well testify to that, that I screw up constantly. But my goal is that she feels love. Which leads me to the last point in Psalms 90, I think Moses is speaking to us about. Our days should be meaningful. And I get that from verse 12 when Moses says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Um, And here, the Hebrew word for teach is yada. You say that if you want to. Like, yeah, I know Hebrew. Yada. There you go. And it actually, it means to instruct, to know. And so if we go with the word instruct, besides teach, instruct, a synonym for instruct is tutor. So remember the word tutor. Say tutor. Just making sure you're with me. All right. The Hebrew word for number actually means, the, the word is mana. It means to count, to number, or to consider. So if we use the word tutor, remember tutor, and use the word consider besides number, then we get the sentence I want you all to write down. Write this down. You got a pencil, pen, remember in your head, write this down. Because I think this is what God's communicating to us this morning through Moses is, so tutor us on how to consider our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. I'll say that again. So tutor us on how to consider our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. The reason why Moses wanted to be tutored how to number his days, because he knew how frail and fragile it is, but also he needed God to tutor him. Moses, guys, this isn't like, you know, Joe Schmo off the street. This is Moses, the Red Sea. After the Red Sea, he wrote this. After the miracles, he wrote this, saying, teach me, tutor me, God, how to number or to consider my days. Because in verse 8, he wrote about how our sin is exposed to the light of God. We are sinners. We don't know how to number our days. We don't know how to consider our days. Why? Because we're sinners. We would rather be selfish with our days rather than number or consider our days. We want to do what we want. And Moses has got that. He got that, and he's like, I don't want it to be about me. I want to learn how to consider. And at this time, debatable, he was in his 80s. He was 40 when he was called to be out in the wilderness 
And then, then he spent 40 years in the wilderness. So it was like he was a young buck. He was well on his years when he wrote this and still wondering how to consider to number his days because he is a sinner and he needed God's guidance. The sentence that I can label for this point is being wholehearted means making the most of every opportunity. Being wise with our time is not just something that was spoke about in the Old Testament. In fact, Paul speaks about it in Ephesians. In Ephesians 5, 15 through 16, it says, Look carefully, then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of time, because because the days are evil. And the text literally says, Watch carefully, then how you walk which means be aware where you walk or precisely knowing where to walk, not as unwise, but as wise. R.C. Sproul, um, who is a great commentator and um, a Christian evangelist, he wrote this about this Ephesians. He says, we are called to be productive Christian people. In order to be productive, we must be, be careful with the use of our time. I have as much time as the President of the United States has. The most of every opportunity means to make a wise use of time so that the things we are doing are, product, are productive and helpful, not destructive and wasteful. Unwise time is long hours on Xbox and not doing your homework, or long hours on Facebook and not doing your chores. Now. Understand, I didn't say that video games and Facebook is bad. How long you're on that determines whether it's bad. Bringing work home every night and missing family activities, is that wise? Wasting your energy on frustrations rather than counting your blessings, is that wise? And I know maybe some of you will probably respond with, Cody, I really, you really don't know what's happening at home. Or you really don't know how my work is. And you're right, I don't. I'm sorry, I don't. But I want to leave you with a point. I want to actually leave you with a story. I have a friend, his name is John Heidel. His family, they, uh, they attend this church. Him and his family attend this church. And his daughter is in my middle school ministry. And uh, him and I, we go surfing. Uh, we love it. He, he's way better at it than I am. And it's been awesome just to have a, a, a guy who's really blunt and straight to the point with me. Uh, and his number one challenge for me, he always asks me, hey, how are you spending moments with Maddie? So if you're wondering where this concept came from, it came from these books and the conversations that I have with um, John Heidel. And you can get these books at Heaven Sent. But reading these books and having the actual story of what John told me about why he numbers his days. One time, him and his wife and his family was at the Duke Hospital because their youngest daughter had a rare blood disease and they spent the hospital seemed like years trying to figure out what it was that was making their daughter ill and 
they figure out it was this one in a million rare disease. They don't know how it happens, but it just happens. And he said, I lived on the edge every day, not knowing if my daughter was going to live. Not knowing if I was going to see her smile ever again. And then he said, I also knew at that moment that I was not in control of time. And then he asked himself, what would I rather be doing? Worried about work, worried about stuff, or spending moments with a child that he loves dearly. And then he looked at me in the face. He said, and I'm never going to forget this conversation because he looked at me. He says, Cody, I'm going to look at you all. Cody, love your wife because she's dying. Love her like she has a tumor because she will die. We will die because of our sin. That's truth. But the days are numbered. Your days are numbered. Mine are numbered. Love like like there's no tomorrow which is my bottom point. I want you to leave you guys with this. Love people like there's no tomorrow. Last night, I got to spend a chance with seven boys. Five of them committed their lives to Christ. I can't think of a better way. Ben, you can come up. I can't think of a better way than showing love, than witnessing and telling people about Jesus Christ. What are you doing in your life to show people that you love them like no tomorrow? If you can't love your spouse like, you, like there's no tomorrow, there's no way in heck you're going to love people out there like there's no tomorrow. If you are loving your spouse like there's no tomorrow, then what are you doing with your coworkers? You got names written down that God's been saying, ha <laughs> ha. Love them like there's no tomorrow. Because sharing Jesus is the best way to show people that you love them like there's no tomorrow. We're going to pray. God, I thank you so, so much for who you are and for what you've done. God, challenge me on how to love people like there's no tomorrow. I I know I'm speaking to the mirror, and I fail miserably at this. Father, I know there's some, someone in here, God, who doesn't know you as Father. I pray that you give them enough courage to either ask an elder, ask, ask a worship member, ask me about who this Jesus is and how they can love people like there's no tomorrow. Lord, I know there's maybe some fathers and mothers who feel convicted. God, that's, conviction is good. It reminds us that we're sinners. So I pray that you strengthen those parents who want to spend more time with their family. I pray that you strengthen the grandparents to spend more time with their kids and grandparents and grandkids, God. Show us how we can consider, consider our days. Tutor us, God, where we should spend time at and where we shouldn't. Because our mission, God, is not to know just all about you, but God is to love Like there's no tomorrow. I pray these things in your name.